Hello and welcome to this audio-only WTF1 podcast. My name is Katie Fairman and I'm the editor at WTF1 and joining me for a general chat about the biggest stories in motorsport at the moment is WTF1 founder Tom Bellingham. Tom, how are you doing? I'm good. I was really trying not to wave to you like we do in the other podcast. We can still wave. We are on Zoom to each other, but no one can see us. No, maybe for the best. (laughs) Yeah, you've got towels Um, in the background today. You've got you've got different, but I've not, you know, set up my background either. So we're just just audio. Don't need to worry. I like it, not having to put everything out a shot like we do for the normal podcast. Um, but yeah, how are you feeling post-Cota? Because I cannot believe that there were over 400,000 fans at the race over the, the weekend, which made it the highest attendance for an F1 race ever. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. I'd look at the pictures back and it's absolutely mad how many how many people there are there. Um, and just shows that I always grew up uh, with this impression mainly because the media would always just tell you all the time that Americans don't understand Formula One it's too confusing for them and they all absolutely love NASCAR and all this kind of stuff and it just shows that you know if they market it right and do it in the right way um, that's absolutely not the case because if anything you know NASCAR um, I know has had its struggles recently and F1 seems to be thriving with all this um stuff thanks to you know things like drive to survive and the fact that the the title battle is so good and a few people as well mentioned you know like Sergio Perez and a top team people come over from Mexico as well because it's not very far to Austin and yeah it was just like the perfect storm to have a unbelievably packed Grand Prix it was amazing I'm really looking forward to seeing hopefully more um, American influence in Formula One which takes us nicely on to the first topic of conversation today, which is uh, this Andretti F1 deal that looks to be no more, at least for now anyway. Um, So yeah, Andretti were looking at buying the Sauber team, uh, which is currently branded as Alfa Romeo. Uh, But that doesn't look like it's it's happening anymore um do you want to go into a little who's who and talk about andretti and maybe sauber for some fans yeah. that might not know the history that they've got in the sport yeah so it's a bit confusing we've done a we've done a video way back when about the history of formula one teams and i'm sure a lot of people know by now that people like to change their team name a lot it seems to be more of a common thing now uh especially recently you know having Renault, then they became Lotus, and then they went Renault again. Now they're Alpine, but they're realistically they're the same team. Like that team is Tolman from way back in like the eighties, and equally um, Mercedes were called Honda at one point, and they're now rivals to Honda in the World Championship, which is very bizarre. But they were Honda, um, and formerly you know BAR and Tyrrell. Um, so Sauber, obviously Swiss-based Formula One team, they gone through a few different. Uh, changes they got bought out by BMW, uh, but Alfa Romeo, it's not really Alfa Romeo. They still run under a Swiss license, I believe, don't they? Um, but they're just almost like a title sponsor, a bit like Aston Martin were for Red Bull uh, last year. I think it was last year. Yeah, so many name changes. You lose track, don't you? <laughs> um, and then Andretti, uh, yeah, were rumoured to essentially be taking over. Uh, Sauber from Alfa Romeo and becoming Andretti Sauber. Now Andretti uh, 
you know, currently in IndyCar, they do all sorts of other things, Formula E, Extreme E, they did Rallycross. You know, they, it's run by Michael Andretti. Obviously, Andretti, a really famous name in motorsport. And um, love all things motorsport. So it seemed like they were willing to give Formula One a crack, but apparently not now, according to, to rumors, which is a bit of a shame because it was quite exciting. Yeah, I thought that that was quite a nice rumor. Um, I'm always happy for new people to come into the sport and have a bit of change. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, due to several circumstances, but mainly, I think, money, <laughs> uh, this doesn't look like it's going to be going to be happening. Um, so Michael Andretti, as you spoke about, he's the owner of Andretti Autosport. He is a former IndyCar champion. He raced in Formula One in the early 90s. And he is the Not son very successfully. Of... No, yeah. <laughs> don't talk, only, about, only don't talk about his F1 career. Very, very, very <laughs> good IndyCar driver, though. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, and the son of 1978 F1 world champion Mario Andretti. So like you say, the name Andretti is uh, a very popular one in motorsport uh, but he said to Reuters last month that he had been working on taking over a team for a long long time when formula one like in formula one and when the right opportunity came up that he was going to jump at it um, and then also racer another publication reported that he had tentatively spoken to Williams and Haas but it was Sauber who seemed the best fit um, now, obviously, we already have a U.S. team on the grid, which is Haas. They are the most recent, I guess, new U.S. Team. and inverted commas with their big yeah, Russian flag on the side of the car. <laughs> a tiny, tiny little U.S. flag just popped on the side of the car. But yeah, uh, yeah they, they are meant to be an American team, at least. Um, and I think it would have been great to have had another U.S. team on the grid, especially like we say, talking about the huge success that Formula One has seen in the States um, and proof is in the pudding, I guess, of like the fact that we had 400,000 people at Cota at the weekend. So, yeah, what would you have been happy with another US team on the grid? Yes, a proper one as well. No offence to Haas, but I mean... Ooh, shots fired. Yeah, shots fired. <laughs> you know, they yeah, they came into Formula One and I guess they've gone a similar way down if you if you look at force india i think they were maybe criticized a little bit because you know they started off as this team you know they've got the the indian flag on the side of the car and a lot of um indian formula one fans are obviously extremely excited to have uh an indian formula one team and bj malia promised uh you know all this stuff about you know we should get an indian driver in and it'd be such an amazing thing to happen and then you know, eventually they, if anything, they just became Team Mexico because of Sergio Perez with all his personal sponsors um, ended up, you know, in a pink car uh, with the BWT. So it didn't really seem like an Indian Formula One team anymore. Um, and that's a similar way that Haas has gone as well. You know, they started off with this, or maybe, you know, one day will they get an American in? Um, and it's not happened. And if anything, they're now Team Russia. So, um Andretti would have been really good. There was talks of bringing in Brian Herter. Uh, I need to check how old Brian Herter is. I know he's very young. He won an IndyCar race when he was 19. Um, yeah, so Brian Herter, uh, sorry, Colin Herter, sorry, 21. Um, Brian Herter's his dad. Uh, he also used to race in my era. That's why he's on in my head. Um, yeah, Colton Herter, 
19 years old, very talented driver for Andretti and IndyCar. And that was one of the big strong rumors, wasn't it? That he was going to come over and fill that vacant space because we've still still deciding like we still don't know who's going to be that is going to be you know alongside Bottas because it seemed like it was oh Giovinazzi will stay then it was Guan Yu Zhou sorry then it was De Freeze. then it was Guan Yu Zhou and it was almost like oh it's a done deal that it's Guan Yu Zhou and then this Andretti thing came up and it was meant to be uh Colin Herter so yeah um I'd have I'd have really liked to have seen them in Formula One I think it would have been great for the sport and like you say they're a a legendary name it's always nice to see a new team come in even if they're just taking someone over it's makes it a little bit more exciting for like the car launches and stuff it does and like you say bringing over an american driver we've not had an american driver since alexander rossi in 2015 i think it was um so obviously that's going to go down well with the fan base but unfortunately it looks like it's not going to be Colton Herter that that takes that seat. I mean, there was also complications in terms of super license points. So whether it was yeah, an actual realistic opportunity or whether it was just a way of generating some positive press his way, I'm I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, the thing that we're we're talking about here is the fact that it's been said the deal is now off because it was very positive. I think Ralph Schumacher said something as recently as the USGP that was like, yep, deal is done. It's all fine. Um, and now he's kind of looked a bit of a plonker because apparently the deal is not done. So, I mean, I guess it was a 50-50 chance that he was going to be right. Yeah, um, yeah, it does or doesn't. Yeah, it's very yeah. much like a Eddie Jordan vibe of just saying these things and kind of hoping that they'll be true but um yeah the race reported yesterday which would have been Thursday 28th of October that the the deal was off um and there was never any confirmation of exactly how much this deal was worth but auto motor and sports uh suggested that the price was 350 million which i don't know i certainly don't have that down the back of the sofa um but let that me, let wasn't me just check. Yeah, no, just no. <laughs> just find I don't know like a piece of cutlery or something down there. But um, apparently, as well as a three hundred and fifty million, uh, they also fancied an additional two hundred and fifty million to secure the operation of the team. So that's fifty million pounds every year for the next five years. Which I can see why they wanted to do it and you know have that financial security um, in case you know sponsorship money runs dry or something like that. But that's still like an extortionate amount of money, even in Formula One standards. Yeah, they'd have to, well, probably sell you know, Formula E team, Extreme E team, IndyCar team, everything just to fund it. We've seen now that other than McLaren, who are obviously a big established name anyway, it's very difficult for people to do multiple things. You know, you see a lot of manufacturers leave the sport because they want to focus on something else. Um, very similar to the situation in the WC, you know, Audi leaves, they try Formula E for a bit, then they leave Formula E, then they come back, then there's rumors that they come to Formula One. You're not, you don't tend to see too many teams that just, you know, do everything uh, across across the board. And I mean, if Andretti did, they'd, <laughs> they'd have a lot of teams in motorsport. Uh, but sadly, it doesn't seem to be the case. No. Well, we've got a question here from team WTF1 member SC underscore racer underscore 22. And they ask, would Andretti be better 
to look at entering the sport with a new engine manufacturer if any are actually serious about joining, which I know that these conversations have been had. I think the Volkswagen group have been suggesting that from 2026, they might want to have some involvement. But personally, I think, and you might have a completely different opinion to me, but it it makes more sense to partner with a company that has experience. I mean, look at Haas. Like, I know they have budget issues, but they joined F1 in 2016 with a Ferrari power unit in the back. And that's not really helped them much. Um, so to come in completely new to the sport with um, engine manufacturer that hasn't got that, you know, wealth of knowledge, to me, seems like not really a sensible idea. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's almost gone are the days where anyone would want to set up a new Formula One team from scratch. It's just too much investment, it's too much of a risk. And, you know, you need experienced people. It's all about, you know, buying buying the resource and using the resources it doesn't it doesn't make sense to you know we've seen how much williams have struggled doing it the frank williams way um which i have a lot of respect for them of sort of <laughs> going down till the very end doing what they believed in that you know formula 1 you should build your own car and do all this stuff but it doesn't make sense if you're getting trounced by every weekend by a racing point that just gets all their parts from Mercedes and does it that way. So it, it just doesn't make sense anymore. And especially now you've got all these standardized parts. I think it's just, you know, I think next year the midfield does have more of a chance. It's just a case of, yeah, like buying, buying an existing team because then you don't have to build a factory, do all this stuff. It just, it's so much added expense. It is. We'll we'll wonder to um, wait to see if Andretti ever decide to come back to Formula One or suggest that they're coming back. Also, very convenient that all of these discussions were going on around the USGP. Um, like obviously, it's probably some great PR for Andretti, and they knew what they were doing because they did a tweet uh, last week which sent F1 Twitter into absolute meltdown. Basically, one of the Andretti accounts saying, we've got an announcement coming out today. Yeah. And everybody instantly was like, oh my goodness, it's like the Michael Scott, oh my God, it's happening, it's happening. And it, everybody was freaking out. And then they were like, oh, we have a new sponsor for our Formula E team, which I had an inkling that would happen because Jake Dennis, who is one of their Formula E drivers, posted that he was going on a trip. Um, and like it would be an exciting Formula E day. So I had a feeling that it would be that, but still there's a little bit in the back of your mind that's like, could this be the F1 announcement? Yeah, sadly not. No, sadly not. Um, But let's move the conversation on to Nico Hülkenberg, who I can't say his name without thinking Nico Hülkenberg (laughs) from from the Drive to Survive. But Don't think you're alone there. No, exactly. Daniel Ricciardo has changed the way we pronounce his name. Um, But he's someone who is obviously, I think it's fair to say, the F1 career is is no more. He's not going to be making a miraculous return. Nico Rosberg Um, explosion meme, his career over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, your dog Frank did predict that he would go for that Alfa Romeo seat. So there's still a chance. (laughs) It's not confirmed yet. (laughs) But um, yeah, he did an IndyCar test this week, which. He did. I think is mega exciting. I'll be honest, I don't follow IndyCar as closely as, I mean, you love IndyCar, so you're probably the person to talk about this uh, this opportunity. But 
I feel like Nicka Hulkenberg and IndyCar seems like a good good match. Yeah, I mean, Nika Hulkenberg has won in everything apart from Formula One. You know, it's it's really unfortunate that he's got this sort of cloud over him of he's never scored an F1 podium, which has like defined his career. But, you know, he was GP2 champion. He did A1 GP, if anyone remembers, that's a proper throwback. A, that is a throwback. A massive <laughs> throwback. But you know, before he joined Formula One, he did that and he won the championship. He did Le Mans just for a bit of fun and he won Le Mans 24 hours. You know, he he has won in everything he's done, um, apart from Formula One, unfortunately. Um, and IndyCar, it just seems like the perfect fit for him. And I wonder how much of that is to do with a certain Roman Grosjean just living his best life right now in IndyCar and these sort of midfield Formula One drivers thinking, why why would I like be have the stress of Formula One, like the media pressure, like it's such a like, yeah, in a midfield car when the best I can ever hope for is about a sixth or seventh place. When, you know, you can go to America, um, you know, an amazing part of the world, enjoy um, the IndyCar paddock just seems like, the the whole vibe there is so yeah. chilled and exciting and everyone's really friendly to each other. It's not got that high pressure situation. And I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, that's Formula One. And I totally get it. You know, and Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, they are made for Formula One. They're like, they're machines. You know, they're, they, they almost don't feel that pressure or they, they, you know, they really like thrive in it. But there are, you know, some drivers that you just think like, why would you not want to be in this series where almost equal cars other than, you know, teams and a bit, but you know, it's pretty much a spec series. So many different winners, anyone can win. And, and, you know, you can join any team and win as Grosjean showed, you know, he's, he joined a not particularly winning team and he very nearly won a race. He got two, three, two podiums. I think it was um, last year in his very first, you know, now he's now he's gone to Andretti next year, of all places. So, <laughs> yeah, it shows that it's just such a no-brainer for me. I think Hulkenberg would be absolutely perfect there. Yeah, well, he tested with Arrow McLaren SP, like I said earlier this week, um, and McLaren CEO Zach Brown has said that the Hulk is towards the top of the list for a full-time IndyCar drive in 2023. Um, so... It's yeah. looking like it could be something that actually does happen, unlike this Andretti deal that we were talking about earlier. Like this actually seems like quite a possible story. Um, well, they've but... locked in their drivers for next year already, so there's no space for yeah. Hulkenberg. He's, Hulkenberg. He's got a... <laughs> He's got to wait a year, but um, he was saying to, to Racer that he definitely needs to hit the gym because it's been over a year since he was in any kind of like race car. Um, obviously he stepped in the super sub last year for Lance Stroll and Sergio Perez when they uh, fell ill with COVID. But yeah, I just, I think this is a, a good, a good fit. And I really hope that something comes along. It could be that maybe another team snap him up for a year next year or something. I don't know exactly. how much of the grid there is, is actually. There is a space. Um, well, so the, the grid is pretty much finalized. There's, 
Uh, AJ Foyt haven't finalized their two drivers, but uh, Ed Carpenter Racing, who were uh, you know a successful team, they uh, they actually race with their the team manager Ed Carpenter drives the ovals, but he doesn't do any of the road course races. So okay. so and you know you've had people in the past um, people just top of my head like a Mike Conway or something you know that didn't want to do the ovals. Well, Grosjean um, said he wasn't going yeah, to in his first Yeah, and didn't in his first year, did he? Um, now I think he's doing all of them from now on. Um, but maybe, you know, that's the perfect place for Hulkenberg where he can do exactly what Grosjean did. And he's got a drive at all these circuits. He doesn't have to do the ovals, which I personally totally understand, even though I love uh, IndyCar oval racing. I understand that it's absolute insanity at the same time. Um, and... Yeah, that could be that could be quite a good a good place for him. And there is rumors that you know that that could happen for him. Uh so maybe it's not a case of him waiting another year for McLaren. Um maybe, maybe he's in the next year already. That'd be quite cool. It would be very cool. I'd like to see that a lot because like you say, Hulkenberg's got too much talent for him just to be sat on the sidelines. Obviously, he is a reserve driver for Aston Martin. Um and he does some punditry stuff with Sky Germany, I think, as well as I think he's recently become a dad as well, which is very exciting. Um, but I'm sure he's a race. Well, being a racing driver, it's just in his blood that he just wants to be behind the wheel of a race car at all times. So yeah, uh, I think that would be really, really cool to see. Um, and this is a very US heavy podcast that we're doing with all these news stories because the next story we're going to talk about is about some young American talent that has been signed up to the Williams Driver Academy. Um, and that is 20 year old Logan Sargent, which I mean, all of these 20 year olds, people born after the year 2000 being signed up to these F1 teams. And it makes me feel <laughs> seriously old. Um, but yeah, that and that's was coming announced- from you. I'm I'm old, much older than you, you. You are not not much older. No, but <laughs> like, a fair bit. So yeah, yeah I feel even years. older seeing that there's drivers out there that are yeah, 12, 12 years younger than me. Oh my goodness. It's, it does make no, me re- not reevaluate my whole life. Maybe that's a bit dramatic, but like thinking, what was I doing at 20? Definitely not. That, <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> uh yeah, pub. so this got yeah, probably. <laughs> you know me very well. Um <laughs> So that was announced during the US Grand Prix weekend, which makes a lot of lot of sense. Um, obviously, with the Williams Driver Academy, they've got some great talent there. Jamie Chadwick is someone that was there. Jack Aitken. Um, we had Dan Tictum, who was in the academy and then mysteriously departed the academy after, um, well, they said it was like a, what's the word? Like a mutual agreement. Yeah, mutual agreement. Um, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I won't speculate, but um, he, <laughs> but is he no more. rested Nicholas Latifi and then conveniently, just, but apparently that's not the case. He already knew. So, yeah, you never know. He, that could yeah. just be him saying it, but um, for whatever reason, yeah, he is no longer with Williams. So they've got this space for Logan. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, <laughs> see you later. Uh, so, yeah, Logan has done a lot for a 20-year-old. He has been racing in FIA Formula 3 this year, and he finished seventh in the driver's standings there. Um, he racked up four podiums, including a win in Sochi. 
uh, and then also finished third in the championship in the Formula Three championship in 2022. So I guess one of the big questions from all of this is, like, has Logan got enough to be America's next Formula One driver? Very good question. Um, yeah, it's funny. You write on the sheet, who is, <laughs> in your in your kind of notes, it's like, who is he, question mark? And I was like, that's a very good question. I'm going to look <laughs> at his uh, his page because I don't really know a lot about him. Um, yeah, looking at his results, he's decent, if not amazing. But, you know, you never know. Like, you, you do get a lot of late developers now. I'm not, he, he doesn't excite me as, you know, the world's greatest driver in a Max Verstappen or a Charles Leclerc where you kind of knew immediately as soon as they got into Formula 3 that there's absolutely no chance that they're not getting to Formula 1. You know, it was like 100% these guys getting to Formula 1. Um, this guy is one of those where you think, you know, if things fall into place for him, yes, he could. Um, I know there's a other uh, American on the Formula 3 grid. There's obviously Correa, um, but also um, Jack Jack Crawford, that's it, of high tech, who's obviously backed by Red Bull. Um, so he's another one to, to watch as potentially uh, our next Red Bull talent, uh, if you like. Um, and he's had a, a mixed season, if not not an absolutely amazing season either in, in Formula 3. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a case of, I think, those two when we see them in Formula 2. Let's see how they get on. But Williams, you're just looking at, I guess, yeah, like Albon's only just joined. Um, so that's not prob- – unless Albon does extremely poorly. Um, that's not going to happen anytime soon. Nicholas Latifi seems, although, you know, the team said they're not looking for sponsorship as much as they do. Nicholas Latifi does obviously bring bring a lot of uh, sponsorship to them um, and is just, you know, used to the team and to be fair is performing not not spectacularly well. You know, I'm not going to say he's absolutely amazing, but decent. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. I think I don't know. I'd, I'm not 100% sure. Um, it's, he's, I feel like he's going to be one of those drivers that is going to need to fall into place and he's like the driver that's there at the right time when a Williams driver leaves and it all kind of perfectly falls into place rather than a someone like a, like I mentioned, Leclerc of Verstappen, where it's a case of everyone shuffling the grid around because they need to get them into Formula 1 immediately because they're so good. Yeah. You think that's fair? I think, yeah, I think that's a, a good good summary of how I'm also feeling. I think on the grid, maybe Williams is one of the teams where if you do well and, you know, they'll obviously nurture that talent, but it compared to someone like the Red Bull side of things, they've got so much young talent um, and only so many seats. Like we've seen it with Pierre Gasly, like kind of just being stuck at Alpha Tauri. Like I'm sure he's grateful for the opportunity, but, you know, there's so many other people that would gladly take his seat tomorrow if they could. Um, Williams is one of those teams where, yeah, they've obviously got a small pool of people who they can rely on. Um, So, you know, maybe if he has some outstanding performances, if he moves up to F2 and things like that, that 
it's probably one of the better seats that's got a chance of like a promotion. Um, but yeah, like you say, he's not someone who, I mean, I've, I watch very casually watch the formula three. Um, and he's not a name like his isn't a name that has particularly stood out to me this year. Um, like you, I had to sort of have a quick Google and see what his results were like for the year, but I mean, He's he's very young, so hopefully, if Williams are, are serious about nurturing this talent, then maybe it will be a good thing, and we could see him as the first F one driver yeah. in a long, long time from America. So, I wouldn't put it past seeing maybe in him doing like an FP one or something in America next yeah. year. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome! Because I think the Formula One are trying to encourage teams to do a lot more rookie and like young driver tests or whatever you want to call them for FP1 sessions so I'm hoping that's something that comes into effect next year um but no I mean like I said happy to have some fresh blood in the uh in the talent pool of F1 drivers and academies and stuff like that so that's nice absolutely right well that is it for this short and sweet audio only episode we hope that you enjoyed this kind of newsy style episode um and get news in touch chat. with us on news chat yeah so we probably need to come up with a name for it maybe um but yeah let us know on social media if you enjoyed this little chin wag that uh tommy and i have had about the news this week and we can do more of these podcasts um but for now i uh, hope you enjoyed this one and we'll be back again for our mexico preview podcast next week that's confusing me because I always feel like Mexico should be back to back with the United States. So yeah. I'm so confused that the Mexican Grand Prix isn't this weekend, but there we go next weekend instead. We'll speak I to kind you of then. Hope that, yeah. I kind of hope they would have done it around Halloween because normally they tie it in with all like the day of the dead festivities. Um, when's Hallo- is Halloween awesome. 31st? Yes, Tommy. <laughs> I don't, I don't celebrate Halloween. <laughs> Do I don't, I have no interest in it whatsoever. You don't, um, you don't know what it is. No, I don't even know when it is. Thirty uh, first, yes, it would have been race. It would have been the race day if they'd have done it this weekend. Yeah, missed you opportunity. Just know Daniel Ricciardo would have been in some spooky getup. Just <laughs> yeah. every year, he seems to like he's either dressed up as a skeleton with Max when he was at Red Bull, or he had like the um, was it like a top or something that was made out of Mexican wrestling masks? Oh yeah, in twenty nineteen. Yeah, like a jacket, just, didn't he, or something? Yeah, yeah. He, missed opportunity there formula one he does but yeah um thanks very much for your time tommy and i will speak to you soon (laughs) i never know how to end these things (laughs) bye Bye. be a wave on zoom there's a wave that that no one will see no Bye. (laughs) bye